Gig Gab, episode 414 for Monday, January 29th, 2024. Folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the show by, for, and about working musicians. Our sponsor for this episode is Banzoogle, where you can go to banzoogle.com and use the promo code GIGGABEPK to get 10% off the first year with their new EPK plans. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I am Dave Hamilton, and today uh, my co-host is someone who's been on the show before, albeit under a different name. My friend Dave Brunyak, a.k.a. Dallas Corbin. Dave, Dallas, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's great to have you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming back. I looked. You were on episode 26 wow. of this show almost nine years ago. It was, it was August of 2015. How often have you been doing these? Every week since February. Since yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was February of 2015 when we started. So, yeah. it, you know, it, I, I, I would have thought it was like three years ago that you were on or something. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like it, it was almost nine years ago, eight and a half years it's ago. It's almost a decade. Yeah, That's man. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, good for you to keep the streak alive. That's, That's uh, what we're doing. Yeah, we're, 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 ha- we're having a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, when, when you were, you are... And I I didn't give all this away in the introduction, but, you know, guitar player, extraordinaire, singer, band leader, all of those things, musician, you work, uh, you have a, um, I'll call it a day job. I mean, if if there's even such a thing anymore, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, you you also work in production for a a company that does mobile stages and and that sort of thing, right? So I do. I want to talk about all of those things. The last time you were on, we called you Dave Brunyak, and you were playing guitar in a bunch of projects. One of them was Pink Talking Fish, and then you went on and did your DB project and some other things. And now you've changed your stage name to Dallas Corbin, and you're playing in a band is of your creation, I, I, I presume, but I might not be right about that. Tell us about Heartland Radio and, and how, this, how, this, how you created Dallas Corbin. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Well... Uh, at some point uh, in my career, and, and you know, it probably is going to happen to everybody uh, over time. You need a fresh start, something new, some yes. new, new um, frontiers. And um, country music uh, was very much that for me. Um, so Heartland Radio started uh, as a duo uh, with me and my buddy Dustin Snyder, um, nice. who is a very authentic country boy. Um, and you know, he brought some credibility to me right away to, to sit and, and, and play with him. Cause he could, you know, sing with, uh, that accent without trying. Got it. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I had to try, I had to learn, um, how to, how to do it. Um, but that was in, um, that was two, 2009 we started, um, oh, wow. doing these. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So yeah. All right. So you've been doing this quite a while. I, I, folks who listen uh, are aware that we, we 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 came damn near playing uh close to playing a gig together or two gigs in fact in in December but but I meant I got the opportunity to rehearse with you and mm-hmm. and you really like your voice and the way you sing it 
it lends itself perfectly to singing country music because you've always sang with a pure tone. Your you know your pitch is rock solid, and you've got a clear, well enunciated style to the way you sing, and 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 add a little bit of a country twang to it, and it works great. You, you really you've 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 made that you've opened that door up for yourself very well, in my opinion. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I stumbled into it really. Yeah. Uh, I, I found a niche that, you know, I never th- in a million years thought that I'd be uh, getting into. So if we want to launch right into story time, I'll tell you about how I you know got into country music and how this whole thing uh, got started. Yeah, please do. Cause I, I never thought I would like playing country music either, let alone yeah. actually play it. And then I was in, when I was down in Austin in the nineties, I wound up picking up a, you know, a pickup gig with, with a friend that I knew who had previously made the transition from rock to country. And I was like, sure, I'll do this gig with you, Kevin, whatever. And just getting into the music, it was like, oh my God, like there's the nuance here is, and uh, the, the locking in the harmonies, but even even taking the vocals out of it, just locking in all of that stuff was amazing. So yeah, I'm curious, what, what, was, what was your journey like that for that year? Well, um, you know, so I said, you know, 2009 was when we started this, this Heartland radio thing. And, yeah. and that, after that, there were many years that went by where Dustin and I really didn't see each other. And we kind of let it go, go to the back, 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 back burner. Um, and, and then resurrected it later on. Um, and, and we're really, you know, working hard to bring it to life now. But, um, back then in 2009, I was painting houses for right. my job. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I was working at, at a crew in Providence and I was, um, I was up on a ladder, a very tall ladder. Uh, and you know, it's a nice summer, sunny day. It was a great job, you know, to, sure, sure. to, to have, you know, when, when everything's, um, you know, nice and warm and, easy um but i was up on this ladder i was painting something and uh you know one of the guys on the crew had the radio down at the bottom of the uh uh, on the ladder and he came by and he switched the station to uh country station and and he he walks away and i'm like no 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 no." and and then he walks away and there's nothing nothing i could do about it and uh, at this point in my life you know any any like if i was surfing the radio looking for something to listen to and i heard something with like the tiniest bit of twang or 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 whatever i would change the station so fast i was like nope this is not for me i'm not i'm not yeah. into this but now you know being you know 30 something feet in the air not really able to get down and change it too fast i just let it happen so a guy comes back from from commercial the dj and he's like no 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 we're going to do this we're going to play that new uh, his song about Lee Bryce is called i drive your truck and me again, you know, never having listened to anything. You can hear the eye rolling happening, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, three, three sixty, three sixty, right in my, in my sockets. But, um, you know, I'm like, what could this song possibly be about? Because, you know, I've come from a place where, you know, I, I you know, fish and, 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 and the dead and, and the jam bands and everything being very <laughs> sophisticated and smart music. And, you know, I'm like, man, this is, this is, this can't be anything good. Um, but so you, you listen, you listen to this song. And, uh, so it's, it's called, I drive your truck by Lee Bryce. And, um, the, actually the, the music video actually paints a really great picture of what this, this is about. So if you want to go check it out, take a look at it, but it's a song about a guy who lost his brother fighting for our country fighting abroad. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it might sound a little stereotypical, but, the way that they paint 
the picture with the lyrics in the in this song and in a lot of country songs is really, really, really you know, clever and, and, and beautiful. And so the, the story of the song is, is that he doesn't go to the gravesite and he doesn't, you know, uh, cry and go to, you know, to therapy or, or, or whatever. Sure, he sure. goes to his brother's widow's house and he gets his truck. And he goes and drives it out and he cranks up the radio station and, and yeah. you know, burns up cornfields with it. And, and uh, you know, so the, the imagery is, is really vivid in this song. It's, it's the, uh, the Gatorade bottle rolling on the floorboard and the army t-shirt folded yeah. on the dash and the Braves cap and the radio station that never changes, but he cranks it up. And, you know, so he goes out and you can, you can just picture it in your head. He's you know, doing donuts in a cornfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes back and grieving his brother. Yeah. 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 And then gives the keys back to the, you know, his brother's widow. And um, so, you know, it was in that moment that I'm like, man, you know, I've probably been judging a book by its cover my entire life. Yep. So I dug in, um, you know, to, you know, hit country and, you know, the the disclaimer is that there is crap in every genre. Of course crappy rock songs you yes. can find crappy pop songs even if there you are, like the genre there's still crap in it 100 right. yep. so there are crappy country songs you know, plenty of them well sure. admitted plenty of them plenty of yep. them and i think they give the, the good ones a bad rap um, i mean that's the case with every genre just like you said sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yep. so i started digging in and i don't know uh, i was listening to 98 one cat country down there and for that like week and the next week and then the month it was like they were playing all of these great songs and to me i'm like oh my god this is what country radio is like this is all incredible how how have i been missing all of this every song is awesome and then you know i come to learn that i'm listening to a cross-section of hit you know, country music from yeah. like the nineties and beyond. It's like four decades of, of, of hits all smashed into one, you know, uh, playlist. So after, you know, getting through all of that, I started to find the things that I liked that I didn't like. Um, anyways, so, you know, naturally I'm, I'm into this music. I need to learn how to play it. Uh, so Dallas Corbin, uh, was born. There you go. Um, so I went to this open mic. Uh, down in uh, in Narragansett, and I walked in, and I'm I'm saying to myself, well, you know, Dave Dave Bruniak isn't going to cut it like that. This this isn't gonna, <laughs> this, this isn't going to work. That's, that's not the you name. Know? No, <laughs> no, right? it's not. Yeah. It's not it. So so you know, uh, obviously for for those of you guys that might you know remember it, Dallas Corbin is a play on um, Corbin Dallas, right. um, Bruce Bruce um, Willis's character from The Fifth Element. So you know, it, it was it was kind of like a stroke of lightning that if I just flipped that around, that I could be somebody new. Um, so I walked into this open mic. It was it was in the middle of, of winter. It was like January. It was snow coming down sideways. It was a really small gathering, but it was uh, you know this very quintessentially New England yep. bar restaurant with the seafood and stuff. And uh, you know, I just step up. And I'm, I said, how y'all doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from. Sure, like, yeah. Here it is. Yep. I guess I'm I'm going for it. So, yep. uh, you know, I'm Dallas Coburn and I'm from San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I'm here to play some country music for y'all. And people were like, huh? Really? So, so I, yeah, it was really fascinating. Um, so I do a little bit of a looping thing and, and, and create a little scratch track for myself. And I can't sing 50 songs in a night. And all these country songs are like three minutes long. Yeah, right. So I need, I need to do a little bit of soloing in between. But, you know, so I pulled out some of the, the songs that I, you know, had really just started to, to fall in love with and was playing them and jamming on them a little bit. And people were just like, oh, my God. And they took it, you know, 
hook, line, and sinker. And I'm, I know I'm I'm uh, I'm giving up my uh, my backstory here, but I mean, I really, it, no, there's no there's no hiding it that no, I'm. I think I'm it's not, I think it's great, you, man. Like th- this is. I, I I hope everybody listening, you know, takes something away from this that it's okay to just experiment and give yourself permission to fail. I mean, it doesn't sound like you fail at all, but but you certainly could have. Like you didn't know how it was going to go. You didn't know That's how true. it was going to be received. You know, you you had the confidence going in that you knew the songs you were going to play. Like mm-hmm. probably, okay, yeah, that was an assumption on my part. But you know, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, and you know how to you 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 know it wasn't your first time on stage, although. It's okay if it is your first time on stage. Everybody has it. You know, it happens. So, yeah, that's great. For my entire career up until that point, I had been me, uh, no matter what it was. Right. In whatever band it was. And for the first time in my life, I was acting. I I had taken on, uh, uh, you know, a different persona. I became somebody else, which is really liberating. Yeah. Think about it. It's you could say and do anything that your, your normal self, like, wouldn't do. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I did the songs and, and, and everyone's like, what are you doing up here? And I'm like, I ain't never seen snow. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm from Texas, you know? So, oh my God, oh, you got to try this. And, I, and, and and like, you ever had a lobster? What is it? A lobster? That's how you say that. And they're like, oh, you got to try. So they, they, they pull out a two pound lobster for oh. me to try. And I'm like, I'm like, what is that, man? That looks like a big bug. And, and I was, I was having a lot of fun. A lot of fun with this. And, you know, I don't, I don't, don't try to pull one over on anybody. Sure. But, but you found um, yourself halfway down the road. You might as well keep going. It's good to just keep going all the way. Right. Yep. So, um, so Dallas Corbin w- was born and I was like, Amazing. you know, I, I, I can do this. Um, so I picked up more, you know, solo acoustic gigs and I, I don't think I've ever really had a problem talking to an audience or, or you know, with stage fright or anything like that, but sure. giving myself a, a, a character to play what just gave me every bit of inspiration that I needed to like be, you know, communicating with the audience and the back and forth of it all. And um, it's, it's, it's been great. And uh, you know, I listened to some recordings of myself from back then and I was like way overdoing it. I sure. A lot of people were probably like, yeah, I'm not sure this guy is exactly who he says he is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, well, you know, but so. that that idea of giving yourself a character to play, I, I think, is really important. Whether you're using your given name or a name that you've added for yourself or whatever, when you walk on stage, you are playing a character for everyone <laughs> out there, whether you think you are or not. Right, and it's the same as I always say: whatever you wear on stage is your costume, whether you call it that or not. So you might as well just embrace that there is a character going on stage in this costume. And it might be the character named Dave Brunyak or Dave Hamilton, or it might be Dallas Corbin or whatever, but that's it. And your stage persona, it probably isn't the same as your I'm sitting at home on the couch persona. In even if you don't think you're being different, like it's going to be different, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, unless you have what, what we used to call in the in the 80s DLR syndrome, right? Lead singer syndrome, right? Lead singer disease. David Lee Roth syndrome <laughs> where he was the same on stage and off and everybody like couldn't stand him off stage, but loved him on stage, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, unless you have lead singer disease, then you're you are embodying a character at some point, even if. Even if it's just an amplification or or an overstatement of who you actually are, right? So, I, I think sure. it's, I think that's 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 healthy to 
acknowledge. I mean, you embraced it wholeheartedly, which is great. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just what I do. If I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm going to go all the way. Go that's all in. Just how I've been my whole life. Yep. I, um, I think it's great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to bring, bring the story full circle, you know, I, I started doing acoustic gigs and then I brought Dustin in. We did a few things. We went away for a little while, but then fast forward to about 2015 and uh, Miranda Lambert had come to the DCU Center to do a show there. And I had a really great rapport with uh, a place called Michael's Cigar Bar, which is right across the street. Recently closed, unfortunately. Uh, R.I.P., man. It's a bummer. It was a really, really cool venue to play. Um, but you know, I've been doing after parties for, for fish there for a very long time. And I said, well, why don't we try one with a country band? So, you know, I pulled together, you know, some guys that I knew, you know, us being in the scene is a drummer yeah. over here. There's a bass player over there and we whipped this whole thing together. And, um, you know, that, that show crushed. There was, you know, so you, you essentially, not essentially, you, bands. you created the Miranda Lambert after party. We did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really think, I'm not sure that genre that. Um, Wait, sorry, Dave, say that again. I, uh, there you I go. Said, you somehow things cut out. That, that was on me. Yep. That's okay. Uh, I don't, I don't think a lot of people in the country genre are doing like the after party thing, like jam band, you know? Yeah. Fair. You know? So it was, it was kind of neat to, to see if that whole model was going to work. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, so that was the beginning of Heartland Radio, the band. And then, you know, more time went on, you know, where, where I was with PTF and, and doing that whole thing. And it was occupying a large part of my life um, yeah. and, and energy. And um, it was only since that, you know, became backwater in my life that I said, well, you know, why don't we why don't we try to really bring this. Um, this band out into the into the light and and make it work and the past couple of years with my my new job at image productions you know doing the production manager thing yeah there's only been a little bit of time for me to you know take whatever has fallen into my lap but but this year this year is the year that we're really gonna you know bust it out because uh you know I'm, I'm taking a bigger hand in it and again you know just going all the way yeah this year so we're trying to <laughs> I think it's make great. Things up. I think it's great. So, so Heartland Radio is 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 like you played. A, I mean, you've already played a bunch of gigs, right? Like mm -hmm. last year, and so so you're just building on that and and uh, and growing forward and all that good stuff. That's great. That's great. All right, real talk, folks. Are you still using clip art and Comic Sans for your band's website? Well, if you are, it's time for an upgrade. Enter our sponsor, Bandzoogle, the website wizard that's been turning musical muggles into web wizards for over 20 years. And now they're waving their magic wand with a brand new EPK plan. Imagine crafting a professional electronic press kit faster than you can say encore. It's like having a tech-savvy roadie at your fingertips, minus the sweat and heavy lifting. Fully customizable templates? Check. Music players, images, and text bios that actually make you look good? Double check. A gig calendar so fans can stalk you? I mean, follow your tours? Triple check. And let's not forget the Banzoogle support team. They're like the guitar techs of website building, tuning your site to perfection seven days a week. The best part? This symphony of simplicity starts at just $6.95 per month. And because you're a GigGab listener, head over to Banzoogle.com, try it free for 30 days, then use promo code GigGabEPK to get 10% off your first year of the EPK plan. Remember, 
That's Banzoogle.com, promo code GIGGABEPK. Your band's website doesn't have to be a one-hit wonder anymore, folks. And our thanks to Banzoogle for sponsoring this episode. All right, so I actually have a bunch of things that I want to talk about, um, specific to country bands, and I want to get into other things. But I played this gig this weekend with this band that I, I play in called Monkey Fist, which is uh, an acoustic trio, right? So it's uh, one guy who pl- basically is just a singer, occasionally plays guitar. We have one guy who plays guitar and really doesn't sing. And then I play a uh, cajon. I have this wearable cajon from this company called Pitch Slap Percussion. And I actually don't know if they're even still like a going concern, which would be too bad. But it's this, it's a tabletop cajon that I had them put guitar pegs on so I can stand and wear it, which is great because I can move around a little and singing is so much easier when you're standing than it is sitting. So we have this, this thing called Monkey Fist and uh, th- that, that's what that band's called. And we played this new place, new to us, in Concord, New Hampshire, this place called Macris. It's exactly what you described. It's the steak and seafood, New England, like, like my guess is in the summer, based on what I saw in the parking lot, my guess is in the summer, it's a biker bar or at least has a, a fairly strong biker, uh, you know, following that, that uh, crowd that goes there. But total salt of the earth, steak and seafood, New England place. I walk in. I was the first one of the band to, to be there. And, uh, you know, introduced myself to the person behind the bar who happened to be the manager. And he was like, oh, yeah, great. You set up over there. Do you need anything? Do you need stools? I'm like, nope, we stand. He's like, okay, great. And so I start loading in and everything's good. We get set up. We they feed us, which was the the food was great. We start playing. And as we're like, I always wait to tune this in a in a vibe like that where it's a bar and there's people there. I wait to start making noise with the system until just before we play. Like when I set up, I'll I'll make a little bit of noise just to make sure, like you know, to make sure we're actually like that we don't have problems, you, you know. Mm-hmm. But but otherwise, I you, you know I wait. So I'm I'm doing a little sound check. I've got my iPad out in the in the house just to make sure we've got things balanced and things EQ'd. And actually, it all went very smooth. It was really nice to not have to like ring feedback for ten minutes with people right mm-hmm. there. And uh, the manager came up and and he was like, hey, he's like, I'll let you guys know if it's too loud or whatever. We're like, yeah, of course, you know, no problem. So we're literally in the middle of the first song and he he gives us the sign. And it wasn't like he wasn't upset. It wasn't like an emergency, but he was like, yeah, just bring it down a little. I'm like, OK, great. So like middle of the song, I have the iPad up. I just brought the mains down about, I don't know, two, maybe even three dB, which, you know, a significant amount, you know, and I could tell it came down in the room or whatever. And um and, you know, he passed by a couple minutes later and I'm like, how is everything? He's like, oh, it's great. Thank you so much. I'm like, of course, let us know if if it needs to, if it, you know, if it creeps up or if it has to come down more, just let us know. He's like, thank you so much for saying that. He's like, I, you know, I never know how people are going to be when I ask him to turn down. He's like, some people are jerks. And I'm like, yeah, we used to be jerks. And then we got old, you know, it's fine. And he laughed it off. The, he, you know, thanked us throughout the night gave us an extra hundred bucks at the end of the night for being great and it and and booked us for more gigs and all you know it went as well it, exactly like you would you would want it to and i thought back to that moment where he asked us to turn it down because i know it wasn't really all that loud and i wonder if that was a litmus test if he wanted to see what it was like to 
tell us and see, you know, are we going to be those people that fight back on this? Are we going to work together? Because at set break at one point, you know, he and I were chatting and he's like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, we're working together to make this a good show. I'm like, of course we are. And, you know, he he seemed surprised by our level of customer service, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like I've never I've never experienced it like that so much where it felt like it was he was going to say this no matter no matter where we were on the volume scale, just to decide whether he we were people he wanted to hang with or not. You know, mm. I don't know. Have you ever like I, like I mean, I've been playing gigs for decades like you have. This is the first time it's ever felt like this was a test. Have you ever like thinking back? Have you ever been in a scenario like that? Mm, I mean, I'm not not that I would have uh, figured out um, in the moment. I mean, maybe. Uh, you know, I've been playing in a, in a few places lately that have distributed sound systems. Yep. Um, so there are speakers all around the room and you plug into a mixer and you've sure. got to find that balance of, you know, where you're sort of taking the place of the little, um, the little uh, uh, record player yeah. you know, on the table, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. From the diners and, and things like that, um, which is tricky because you're trying to, you know, be a, be a performer and put on a show yeah um but also find your spot in the environment because you know it's you gotta fit you gotta you gotta fit you gotta fit and you know some one of my uh my boss actually made made a good point about um the band which is small small tangent but he's like you guys are good yeah you you got you guys need to be um you guys are glorified bartenders Right. Like with your catalog, it's like you need to keep in a place like that. Correct. Yeah. You know, or and and, and serve. He's basically saying serve the environment. Right. So, you know, that's that's the tricky part between being the musician and being the uh, entertainment. Right. Because you want to, you know, be present and 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 draw the attention and and, you know, put on the best show that you can. And it's natural to want to, like, draw, you know, the the people's eyes to you. And if you're doing that, then you feel like you're doing a good job and then you're going to get the next gig. And, um, but then also, you know, you've got the manager in the back of the room looking like, you know, my waitresses can't hear yes. uh, the the people ordering their food. So it is a, a delicate, um, delicate balance. It is. Um, yeah. And you, you so, got to be aware of it. I think like yeah. you can't, you know, you, you, you're not going to get the repeat business if, if they can't do business while you're there. Right. True. So, I mean, if if it was a test, maybe I passed. Right. You know. Yeah. I just I like after on the way home, it was like, wait a minute, that would like th- there was there was too much there. It was definitely a test, and that got me thinking. Like, how many other tests have I been through? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. always a test, but this one was intentional. You know, like it, it, you you always have the opportunity to be a jackass and and ruin your opportunity for future business. Always. Always. But, but that doesn't mean that they are giving it to you intentionally, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, it was an interesting little thing. It was like, Oh yeah. 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 When, okay. w- cause you with, with image productions, that's the name of the company. Correct. I got it right. Image, yeah. Image production services, image yeah. production services. So mm-hmm. you guys do mobile stages with lights and sound. And so y- you, are you, ever doing like sound for people or lights for people, or are you just there to help like get it rolling and they bring their own engineer? 
all the time. I mean, it's yeah. all, all, all the above, really. All the above. But, okay. You know, yeah. We're, we're, we're full service, you know, so we, we figure out what the client's need is and we bring them what they need. And yep. if they need us to, to babysit it and, you know, that's fine. If they're bringing in the wrong guy, that's fine too. Yeah, of course. Okay. And so when, when you're doing sound for a band who, oh, what's the nice way? To, oh, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be nice. When, who is way too freaking loud on stage, right? With, who doesn't understand how to manage their stage volume. And, and mm-hmm. I, I always attribute this to either a lack of awareness uh, or just a, 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 a lack of learning, right? Like you got to learn that that's an important thing to do. And then you need to learn how to do it. But when mm-hmm. you're dealing with a band in the moment who has yet to learn how to manage their stage volume, what are some of the uh, tricks that you've learned as that you know engineer who is ultimately responsible for making them sound good to get them on the right page? Uh, I have no shame. Um, I will walk right up to them uh, in front of the stage or walk onto the stage sure. and, you know, yell, yell at them from the side, whatever it takes. And, you know, uh, guitar players, n- notorious uh, offenders in this situation. Yep. And, you know, I'll say you, you have to turn down. You're, you're not in the PA. You have to turn down. Yeah. And I'll give I'll give them one warning and that's that's it. And, you know, I, I'll massage them, you know, in the monitor and do whatever they, they need to make them feel more comfortable. Um, you know, thankfully, you know, the the. The, in the environments that we're in, we're, we were dealing with a lot of professionals. That's um, good. So, right. so that we, makes we sense. Have, okay. have these conversations very often, but we do do these festival gigs every summer where they're throwing 10 bands at us in a day and things are, uh, you know, moving fast and somebody's monitor might have a little too much in it from, uh, you know, the previous uh, band or not enough or something strange. And, um, you know, so we have to deal with, with that stuff too. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, I try to let them know, you know, you, you think about it like, it, it, do you want to hear from your friends? Do you want to hear what you want to hear or do you want to hear the truth? Yeah. So yeah, try yeah. to be their friend. Yeah. Yeah. You try, yeah. No, you, you got it. Tell them straight. I think that's it. Yeah. No, it's it, yeah. Yeah. It's when I've done, especially like those festival sounds, you're right. It's, it's the guitar players all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 listen, as a drummer, I know that a drummer can ruin stage volume by overplaying. But it's usually only stage volume that the drummer ruins. It, the, the house mix, if I've got a drummer who's playing too loud, that's usually not the issue. I mean, if it's a small room with low ceilings, yes, huge issue. But mm-hmm. on, a, you know, on an outdoor thing or whatever, I, the, the, the loud drummer is usually not the thing that gets in the way of the vocals, which is the problem, right? Like, you know, you, yeah. you want, the, like, when you're doing sound for eight bands in a day or one band, you know, the most important thing to get out there for the people to hear is vocals, right? And you want some oh, kick drum and top. snare to keep people moving and some bass to keep to fill in that that lush low end. And so it's guitar and keys that that wind up fighting vocals more than anything else, usually. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, no, it's true. And that, I mean that's that's what we're here to do. It's like a puzzle we're just supposed to figure you know, figure out along the way and push things out to the front that need to be there. Yeah. You know, a lot a lot of people you know, I guess even even myself, when I was, you know, a fledgling uh, audio engineer, uh, you know, I, I thought that, like, I'd find the spot for the fader and that's where it was going to sit for the rest of the show. And it's like, OK, you know, no, I'm not. I'm mixing. It's mixing itself. You yeah, know? it mixes itself. But yeah. Right. But you, you need to you need to, you know, ride with the band and you become part of that moment with them. And it's yeah. it's uh, it's sometimes a thankless job. And, 
they don't really know, you know, how much you're actually putting into, you know, sculpting their sound to make sure that everything is present because everything is changing and maybe they don't have their game structure set up quite right. And you, you're, you're doing a little bit more. The best bands, you don't have to do very much, but you still got to you participate. You, know? you got to participate. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. At, at the very least, riding solos up and down or, you know, blending harmonies, if you, especially if you've got multiple people who are singing leads versus harmonies and that sort of thing. So Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in that world, one of our favorite things uh, it, it, amongst the GitGab family to talk about is in-ear monitors. And I, oh, I, yeah. I know that you are on board with this because, and I, I think I even shared this on the show that like when, when I came down for that rehearsal, you texted me the day before and asked, Hey, are you okay using in-ears? And it was like, thank goodness. Cause I was going to tell him I was definitely going to be using in-ears and how are we going to make this work? <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how long, so I, you're on in-ears. How long have you been on in-ears? Well, um, I, let's see, how long has it been? Um, probably, uh, probably about s- seven or eight years, um, was when I, when I first started. Using how, them. you're, um, a, you're a guitar player. I'm really interested mm-hmm. in this because I've helped a lot of, I've been, I've been on in-ears. This is my 20th year on in-ears, believe it or not. And I've, I've, it, it was a pain in the neck 20 years ago. Cause the, we didn't have digital mixers and like, sure. it, you know, it was a, like, yeah. I had to do a whole thing. It's not even worth talking it through. Cause it's irrelevant in today's world, but I've helped a lot of musicians, you know, they'll play with people and they'll be like, Oh, you use in-ears. What's that like? I tell them it's so much better because it is once you get used to it. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I've, I've helped people get over the hump and I've tried to help some people who couldn't make it. And more often than not, the people that don't make it are guitar players. And I get it. You're used to hearing your amp from, you know, 10 feet away in the room. It sounds very different when it's in your ears. There's also a timing thing, right? Cause it's about one millisecond per foot in delay. And so you're used to hearing it 10 milliseconds delayed and now it's not, you, you know, so like, I get it. As a guitar player, was it your desire to get on ears that got you there? Or, like, what was that journey like for you? Was that transition like for you? Well, um, I very much enjoyed and continue to enjoy the sound of my amp in a room. Sure. Um, of course. It's what you grew up reflecting yeah. off all the sounds and finding just the right place to put the amp and stand in front of it to the side a little bit, wherever it needs to be to, to get just the right amount of tone, you know, that makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, for, for my career with pink talking fish, it, I, I needed that. That was something that was really non-negotiable was that level of comfort because of the the things that i needed to do the the lines the improvisation the, oh yeah, the, yeah guitar heroics all night yeah long. i really like yeah from from beginning to end um yeah i mean you're playing so, you're playing guilt so for po- people who didn't listen nine years ago to this interview <laughs> uh pink talking fish is a tribute act that blends the music of uh fish the talking heads and pink floyd so here you are playing, you know, David Gilmore guitar lines and Trey Anastasio guitar lines and probably singing a bunch. And then also all those weird talking heads things that have mm-hmm. to fit just perfectly because otherwise it, that music falls apart, too. So, yeah, that's it's it's a lot. Sure. Please continue. Um, Sorry. Yeah. No, that's yeah. quite all right. Um, so, you know, I would have carried on that way forever. 
um, listening to the room, using a wedge, whatever it took, except that I was sustaining significant and painful hearing damage from that experience. Um, And uh, trying to get into in-ears in that environment was very, very challenging because I was, I was going from a place where I was in my comfort zone. I knew that I could deliver and, and people were expecting me to, to, you know, provide them with this experience. And then adding any extra layer of, of added difficulty is like, there's no room for it. Yeah. And, Um, and going to in-ears does add it's as strange as this will sound. Maybe it won't sound strange at all. It adds, you know, one layer of removal from you to the room, right? Because you're, it, it, yeah. and if you're used to playing with earplugs in, maybe it's only half a layer of remo- right? But you, it's very isolating. It can be very isolating. It is different. Is really what mm-hmm. it is. It's just different. That's all. So I had to, I had to do it though. Um, the ringing in my ears after a run was becoming extreme. Um, so I started with. Um, I, I went, I went all the way right, right off the bat. I bought a, and this is going back like, you know, to 20, 2013, I think maybe around there, maybe a little earlier than that. Yeah. Um, I, um, I bought a pair of ultimate ears, the UE 18 pros. Oh, you really went all the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I've been on Uh, ultimate ears for years. I've reviewed all kinds of things. I, I've never gone to the 18 Pro. I was very happy with the 11s. Like they, they I'm sure, they, I'm sure yeah. they're great. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, they're yeah, great. Yeah. Um, you know, got them molded. Um, yep. and and then you know they had the base ports in them, and so I took them out because I thought that that would was going to help. Me. The, oh, the ambient ports, you mean? The ambient ports, right? Right. Yes. Right. right. It, it reduces base response by like uh, it, 10 or 12 dB. It does, but it also lets yeah. it lets the, the 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 bleed in yeah. a little bit of bleed in. Yeah. That was my biggest problem. Um, was trying to find that room sound that I was missing because I couldn't get that feeling like I was not completely isolated from my band or from the audience or stuff. Yeah. And I tried, tried a lot of different things to make this work. I got, um, I got my own set of condensers. I bought four um, condensers and spread them out across the stage and put them in all different places. I put them on my amp. I put them away from my amp. I put one in front of each member of the band. I was really trying to just work this room sound into my ears without having to, you know, feel like I was going to go deaf. So the story that I said I wasn't going to tell because it's not relevant in today's world included a ton of that 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I drove my bandmates insane with it because they hated me for it. You know, it was an extra 20, 30 minutes of setup, like the whole. Yep. 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 So, um, you know, that didn't that didn't work out. A, despite the fact that, you know, I, I tried everything. Um, so then I, I moved on to um, a pair of uh, ASI um, headphones, which are, there were only two drivers, but they had ambient condenser mics built right into the bud. Yeah. Right. So instead of having being married to your ambient sound being wherever the mic is, it's right where your head is. So if mm. you need to be like, hey, would you say it works because you can move things, you know, so that that was cool. Um, ASI ASI audio is is part of Sensophonics, right? Yes, I, that's correct. Okay, because yeah. because Michael Santucci at Sensophonics was the first to do custom fit earphones with that idea mm-hmm. of, and I think I I think it was uh, Steve Tyler who was like the, their their first artist that like did those. Yeah. yeah, 
And they were super expensive, obviously, and you blend in how much of the ambience you want versus the signal from the, you know, from the feed that you're getting or whatever. So, but the ASIs were the universal fit version of that. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Got it. Got it. I just wanted to kind of paint that picture for folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, And it comes with a, like a a rechargeable battery pack that also connects to your phone, which has like an eight band EQ on it and some compression Uh, and limiting. So you can tweak it a little bit and make it work, um, you know, for you. Um, Hey, look at that. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. For anybody watching the video, I'll put the link in the show notes too, but I, yeah, I brought up yeah. the webpage. That's so it, the, the, the 3DME and that's, that's what I got. The 3DME. Okay. So 800 bucks. All right. There you mm-hmm. go. Yep. Okay. Um, how did so you that, like that, that experience? It was, it was cooler. Okay. So we were getting someplace, you know, like I was starting to, to, to be more comfortable in that environment. And, and let's just get this out of the way. Um, right, right now is if you're going to be an in-ears player, you need to use them all the time. You can't go back and forth. You need to commit to it and do it all the time, even in the smallest environments. Because once you get used to in-ears being sound, a reference sound, like you're not going to get a fully produced um, CD quality no. uh, you know, a live mix in your ears. It'll happen every once in a while. Every now and then. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, need to, you need to understand that the, 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 this is a tool. For you to use just like yeah. a monitor you're you're you know how often are your monitor wedges perfect sometimes but sometimes. most of the time it's enough to make you comfortable so that you can do your job that's and right. the same that's is right. true with the and, in-ears yep and you're protecting your hearing right? and, and that's, that's the thing and that's and true. i will share one thing and we say this often on this show but in-ears by themselves are not hearing protection in fact, you can make it worse because you yep. have control over the volume knob. Mm-hmm. It, they can be protective for your of your hearing if you are responsible with them uh, with that in mind. So I, I just yep. say that because I, I want to ma- I, I, I don't want there to be anybody out there that thinks, oh, I'm using in ears. Therefore, no, not therefore. Therefore, you have the opportunity. That's it. Yeah. Yep. yep that's true. And, 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 you know, depending on the style of in ear you have your mix is, is also going to change from night to night. It's not like you're going to be able to plug them in, you know, and, and get the same exact mix every time you're, you're going to be a couple of feet closer to the drummer at this gig, yep. or you're going to be right on top of the bass cab. You don't need any of that. But the point is that you're supposed to keep some of the things out that allow the good things to come, to come in. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the last, the last bit of this with my in-ear journey um, is the longest time my guitar tone really bothered me in my ears. Um, I, and if you think about the signal path, this is the you know easiest way for me to describe this, is that if you take a, a 57, right, and you put it on the, the right up on, on your speaker, off access on the cone, wherever you, you, you think you want it to be, and then you wire that all the way through your rig, and then it's getting to your ears, it's essentially that you're putting your ear right on the cone of the guitar amplifier, that's never going to sound good to no, me. It was always nobody ever brittle, listens. It was overdriven. Yeah. It was really, really like foreign to me because I'm used to hearing it. The the, the decay in the room and all the reverb and all oh, yeah, the the, the room smooths it out. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and and you know, I always would like put my amp up on a case so that it was a little bit higher because nobody's got ears in their ankles. You know, you're not going to hear what your right. amp sounds like down there. So I got it up and like that that for a while was, you know, it worked for me, but I could never quite get the tone that I heard in the room to get in my ears. And then I, it made me feel uncomfortable. So 
bought a Helix and I went Ampless. And I am absolutely blown away with how in- incredible this direct sound yep. is. So, so the Helix is providing a fully developed guitar tone in a direct signal to my ears. So uh, there's no longer putting the mic in. Just it doesn't sound like a mic in front of an amp. It sounds amp like it sounds like an amp would sound if you weren't right on top of it. Exactly. And you can, you can put a, a, a mic in front of it, like a digitally simulated. If yeah. You want to. So I, I've got a, a Fender twin with a, a AKG 414 in front of it with, Tube screamers, and it sounds like it's supposed to. It sounds like a Fender so, Twin with four fourteens like, and tube screamers. Exactly right, yeah. right, right. So, so it it really changed the game for me with my in ears, and I moved away from the ASIs because now if I have that tone, and then I have put a little verb back on my vocal, I, I'm in heaven. Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, th- this is really interesting because the folks who have succeeded long term that I've seen with IEMs guitar players, this is all have eventually wound up moving to a Helix or, you know, some sort of all-in-one processor, you know, going ampless. And I never thought about the fact that it doesn't actually sound like an amp with your ear next to it. It sounds like an amp 10 feet away. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's really Mm -hmm. interesting. That makes a huge, like, that's the answer for people is like, do both at the the same time. Mm -hmm. Just don't like, it it's because it's different. Even if it sounded exactly the same, if it's 10 dB lower or 15 dB lower, that also is different. It's a different experience. Even though it's technically the same sound, it's not the same, right? So mm-hmm. even if you could hear it exactly the same and it was 15 dB lower, it's still going to feel different to you. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh. So, so now I'm trying to convince my drummer to, to get an electric drum kit, you know, so he can do the same thing. Good luck with that. That the the issue with and I've I've tried this right because I'm a drummer and it there's the weird part about it, it it's it's different right it they don't feel the same uh, you know symbols sure especially symbols and snare drum are the, the toms I don't like I'm I'm fine playing electronic toms a kick drum can feel like a kick I mean you you've got your foot on a pedal anyway but mm-hmm. the the snare drum and cymbals feel different. Like they just, they don't have the same response or whatever that, that you've grown up and, and become accustomed to. And then really beyond that, then the next big difference is that there's no sound coming. There's no audio energy coming from the things that I am hitting. Like it's, it's because it's a trigger, right? I mean, it, I, yeah. I understand the physics of why, but it's, it's a very different experience on stage. I, I think if I were going to do that, I would need, you know, a subwoofer or a butt shaker or something mm-hmm. to begin to approximate that, um, it, you know, and then the other part, and it depends, th- this is a solved problem in the higher end kits. When you hit, you know, the, the kick drum, every drum and cymbal resonates. Mm-hmm. When the lower end, you know, electronic kits, it, that 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 is like not that. built into the logic, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this really weird, isolated. I feel like I'm living in the '70s again, y- y- you know, where every drum was was gated and mic'd, and, and you had no bleed through and no resonance. And so that's also just a a different thing to get used to. But um, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, I know it's I know it's an uphill battle. I get it. it, it you know? Yeah, um, I've I've tried a, a lot of the e kits because it's like this. In theory, would solve some problems. I mean, it creates its own problems. I don't think setup is any faster. In fact, I think setup is slower. Although that new Roland kit they came out with, where each drum is battery powered and the battery lasts like a year, right? So you're not having to plug in a zillion different cables. Every every you basically set up a drum set like you would set up a drum set and you're done. No kidding. So yeah, so like that's but it's like ten grand, you know. So yeah, but well, right, yeah, right. but that but that's just because it's new. You, you know, give it five years. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like I'm I'm open to it. I have yet to find the thing that's like okay, this I can. This is close enough that I can make the leap and and like adapt. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. Oh, hey, listen, I'm just trying to share, you know, my good times with all the direct sounds that I'm, you know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I use here. I use in-ears for everything. The only time I don't use in-ears is my acoustic gigs, like with Monkey Fist this weekend. And I really know that I need to because, you know, stage volume, even with that band, is yeah, 90 dB and over a three-hour night. That's, you know, I know that that's not, not the great. It's not like being with a snare drum and cymbals around me at 110 but but still that's you know I I, I, yeah. I I yeah yeah it's just one of those things i mean i'm using these for acoustic gigs uh you, you know, are again these, these rooms with um distributed sound systems you know you get yourself in trouble in a high gain situation with 40 speakers around the room you yeah. know you need to kind of keep it keep it chill so huh. um this this helps me keep my direct signal my my um on my stage sound very it's it's gone it's, it's gone you don't need a monitor wedge right no and gone. and in in those small little little places where we wind up playing with our acoustic acts the the monitors can be as much of a problem for house sound as anything else absolutely yeah absolutely and they and they, they 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 don't sound as good right so you're right. you're carrying around this box you know that makes your gig crappier Yes. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the box that makes your gig crappier. I think we all have those, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's funny. So the, the last thing I want to say about in years is I want to, I want to, you know, and speak to guitar players and everyone really. Um, I was up at Nectar's in, uh, in Burlington yep. and Sergey, their sound guy turned me on to these earbuds. They're called CCA c12s and i'm actually wearing them right now okay the camera but um these in-ears are six drivers okay uh, and you can find them stateside for like 50 bucks a pair and they I are found the them on amazon for 49.99 right there they are the highest fidelity um ears i've ever had they uh 12 I mean, drivers my, my, per ear yeah, my, well, it's I think it's six and six, right? So it's ah, six per that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it it uh, says twelve hybrid technology on it. Does that mean that they're not all balanced armature? Do you have some actual dynamic drivers for the low end, and then maybe armatures for the high end? I would guess that's what it is. I'm not really sure. All I know is that they sound awesome. Really, and they're, and they're affordable. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, they have the detachable cables. So, you know, that that's a, a nice feature. Yep, you yep. don't need to throw the whole thing away if you get tugged on or something like that. I, I um, also recommend change your cable every year. These, those kinds of cables with these universal fit things, they're not even the yeah. MMCX. They're the cheap ones. 
You can replace them for about 12 bucks. And every time I have replaced my cable, it sounds like I got new in-ears. Yeah. Those cables are, they're thin. And they, they, you know, you're beating the crap out of them. They, they, you wind up getting some signal loss pretty quickly with them. So I just make it a policy every year. I just buy a new cable and I take the old one and keep it as my spare, you know? So, sure. So, you know, again, moving to a amplest direct fully developed guitar sound with super high fidelity in-ears, I don't need ambience anymore. I just throw a little reverb on my vocal. Give me my guitar. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I know for any of you guitar players out there that went through the ringer like I did, I'm going to save you a whole bunch of time. Go get a Helix, get some CCAs. You're going to be in heaven. It's a great place to start. 50 bucks, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. we, I, I have been on a mission trying to find, you know, the, the right things to get people into this where they're, it's going to be good enough quality that they're going to get the right experience, but they're not mm-hmm. dropping, you know, four figures on, getting into this it's not listen if you can do it it's a great way to go but sure but not you know most people aren't going to be willing to take that leap and so something like these or the 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 kz's right you know that that are similar to these it wouldn't surprise me if they were both made in the same factory uh you know because that's how these things go and then Mm. earlier or late last year we found a company called all claire uh which makes custom fits but their pricing is you know, where it, where it should be like, you know, 300 bucks to get in the door with some dual drivers, custom fit like that. It doesn't need to be 800 bucks to to start down this path. And, and the custom fit thing really does make a difference. I mean, if, if your ears work for the KZs or these CCAs or whatever, great. If you're getting fatigue on it, use these, convince yourself that it's time to go custom and then go custom. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Technology has, you know, changed grown yeah. uh, since, you know, I bought my Ultimate Ears, um, you know, it was seven, eight years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, right. Um, and I would still choose these over those molded um, ears. Amazing. Day. Um, it's really, really incredible. So that's um, great to hear. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I assume you still have your UE 18 plus. Oh, yeah. So you could, oh, yeah, yeah. you could have used those for your gigs if you wanted to. They're probably hey, your I, spares. Yeah. They, they they are that's awesome <laughs> yeah you know, so i i keep uh i keep a bunch of these i bought a couple you know because yep. they're they're so affordable it's like well you know you could lose one you could damage them you want something on the side you want friends you know who don't have ears you know just here take these go. use these you know yeah so I've, i now i have a whole array of in-ears for uh for any you know, particular yep. use. i i do the same thing i've got a bunch of universal fits that live in my bag that are exactly that they are spares either for me or anybody else who might be on the gig who needs them or at the at the jam these are a nice nice low profile too i mean they they fit right in there i don't um feel like i need to adjust them very often while i'm playing they got they come with three different you know tips sizes so whatever you you need to do to get snug um but i don't miss the molded portion of uh the the ues um with these interesting that's great to hear yeah highly highly recommend amazing thank you for sharing that we love gear so yeah i didn't i yeah that's great I I love I, we love gear and I I love surprises like that. I hadn't I I'd never heard of these CCAs before. That's great. So 
Cool. There is one, one thing you should note if you're going to get them for yourself. They come with um, with or without a mic on them. Oh. So like you could use them for um, your phone or whatever. Sure. Like that. Make sure if you're going to use them for the stage, get them without the mic. Yeah, because the that connector would, would probably be the, the three. Like, it, it, yeah. Yeah, that would cause some problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this, the the great part is we've been here like an hour. We didn't get to nearly everything that we wanted to talk about, and that means I have to invite you back at some point uh, soon. So let's do it again. Amazing. This was great, Dave. Thank you, D- Dallas. Oh, my pleasure, my friend. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to hear about how heartland radio evolves this year and and those kinds of things so uh well, plenty of updates for you yeah man this is great okay cool well we'll, we'll get it on the calendar we'll get you back and um that i i love this so tell cool. people before we before we say goodbye where can people find you heartland radio a- any of that yeah so we just um made public our brand new website it's uh heartlandradio.live l-i-v-e um, there it is. Um, so you can see everything, uh, you know, that, that, uh, we're about right there. Um, we have a show coming up in, in Bellingham, uh, at Liz's Tavern on the 16th of February. Great. Um, so that, that's right around the corner. Um, we're going to be, um, doing, you know, a, a whole bunch more shows we're going to, we're going to throw up there. We got a brand new promo video on there. Um, I put all my acoustic, uh, shows in there as Dallas Corbin, nice. uh, in there as well. So you can keep tabs on me, keep tabs on the band. You can see some other stuff that we've done. Cool. Uh, we did this country Christmas classic thing, uh, that just, just finished up, uh, yeah. Oh, in December of that one, man, I wish, I wish you could have been there. Same. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I had a blast coming down and playing yeah. those tunes with you guys. It was great. Rehearsal, rehearsal sounded great, you know. Yeah. So we gotta have, we gotta have you next year. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh yeah, and anytime you need a fill in or whatever, and the same in reverse. Like if I need somebody up here, you know, like sure. that's the beauty of uh, of our community of musicians, man. It's, uh, yes, it's a sir. wonderful thing. Cool. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can, of course, sign up for the GigGap mailing list at GigGapPodcast.com. You can send in questions to feedback at GigGapPodcast.com. If you have questions for Dave, I'll get them to him. We'll get him back on the show to have him answer and all those great... I'm sorry, questions for Dallas. Until then, always be performing, folks, and we'll see you next time.